0: Sonic States. Hello and welcome to Sonic Talk number 79, I believe. Just one off from 80. Just back from Mesa. Mesa this year, um, Frankfurt's um, marvelously enormous music festival. Um Well, not music festival, music, music show. Um, Normally, I dread it, but I actually had quite a good time this year. I mean, it was hard work, but um, boy, was there a lot of stuff there, much more than I'd anticipated. So there is there is no topics this, this week. We're just going to talk about stuff. Uh, and I'm hoping you've had a chance to watch some of the videos that we've done and the news coverage, because uh, <laughs> I didn't make any notes, <laughs> so it's going to be very much a random thing. But um, this week, I have with me um, Mr. Rich Hilton from uh, the camp of... Nile Rogers, who's been having a bit of a bad back. Um just like to put a plug in there for myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. You want to see his fit, photos and all the stuff he's up to? How are you doing, Rich? You feeling okay? Yeah, much better.
1: Thank you. And it's great to be back with you guys.
0: It's great to be back. Mr. Week, I really wanted to do it. I did a sort of little um, video podcast last week um, of my travelogue, um, the inside of my luggage and um, you know stuff, which wasn't the same without you guys being here, to be perfectly honest. But it seemed to get kind of... <laughs> It was quite popular, but there you go. Filmed on the N95, of course. Um, So, Rich, did MESA mean anything for you?
1: Uh, It meant a week of enjoyable video watching from SonicState.com, actually. Cool. That's what it meant to me.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. And uh, we've also got Mr. PJ Tracy from uh, Minneapolis. How are you doing, PJ? I'm
2: doing well. Good. Although I'm... I covered my desk and all of its peripherals in, in coffee this morning. Uh, so I'm just I'm mopping that up as we speak. So you're mopping. So um,
0: how's that um, snappy URL coming along that I can sort of fire in when you're a guest on the show?
2: Actually, actually I'll have that up and running next week. Uh, and I loathe to give it out because it's it's live right now but in construction. Ah, so brilliant! Looking forward it, to that. I have it ready. Yep, excellent. We'll be plugging ahead, and
0: and of course, Mr. Dave Spears from G4 Software, G4Software dot hello. Dave? I'm okay, thank you, Dave. Um, who actually ducked out of Mesa at the very last minute? I was expecting to see him there on Friday, but um, he wasn't there.
3: No, was he? No, no. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually, it was. It wasn't as horrible as it usually is. It was. It was. I don't know if it was quiet, but it was quite. Um, let me see It wasn't frantic You know. There wasn't, you weren't running around and kind of dodging weirdos um, I wasn't there for public day uh, So it seemed quite pedestrian by, by the usual standards And what they'd done is they moved the DJ people downstairs So the halls were actually quite quiet Unless you were in Guitar Hall Which was just like hell on earth And dr- I dread to think what Drum Hall was like um, But um, Did you get uh, clobbered by the Actually your hotel's just gone up 300% Kind of routine
3: uh, yeah, I was literally, actually there was a couple of reasons why we didn't go, but I was I was going to go in for, you know, do a 24-hour stint uh, and literally found a decent hotel. In fact, the old hotel we used to stay at across the way from Hall 9 uh, went to click to buy it and it had gone up by another 300 quid. Cool. So that was the final nail in the coffin. We went, nah, do you know what? We've just bought a load of Mac, uh, Mac Pros and stuff, so um, there's bound to be some ancillary costs. So we thought, tell you what, we'll... we'll uh, will wait for a year
0: yeah <laughs> why not well i i am and i know i ranted about this before but i'd just like to reiterate my disgust although our hotel was very nice and they were all very lovely it still cost 3 times more than it should have done if i'd stayed there 3 days before the show which i think is um is pretty pretty abhorrent kind of profiteering frankly i mean i don't know whether frankfurt is the sort of dump that nobody ever goes to the rest of the year so they have to kind of you know Put the prices up and catch the catch them when they can. But it seems to me that perhaps it's not. Um, it's you know it's a fairly metropolitan major city and there's no real excuse for that kind of behaviour. I mean, after all, you know Disneyland Anaheim, which uh, you know is the cradle of capitalism. Really, uh, they don't do that there. I mean, the prices go up a little bit, but it's not like triple.
3: No, no. I've got wow. some friends who are playing there tomorrow night actually, and it's like hotels decent price again bizarre very bizarre i wonder whether that had any bearing on people like ni and ableton not not attending
0: yeah um who wasn't there i suppose uh, native instruments um which is surprising because they usually um are in a big way because it's you know it's their home Germany. turf i guess yeah. um the ableton guys didn't have a stand there although we did bump into and have a meeting with uh, gerhard bells i i hope i've pronounced that correctly and Antje, who's the uh, us stateside marketing and pr person so they were there and i'm sure um native instruments were there in some capacity i didn't see anybody there but there were a lot of other people there and um it was pretty hot we're we're kind of avoiding the 800 pound gorilla aren't we which is basically (laughs) melodyne 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 if we're going to talk about the hit of the show that has got to be it now i'm going to play we should
2: do it we should do it in harmony
0: yeah, it would be good. There's one slight problem with that uh, concept, and that is I can't Melodyne. sing for sure. <laughs> Maybe we do it out of tune and get Melodyne to fix it. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Right. <laughs> well, let's change it in real time. Let's, this is a wireless keyboard, so I just make it a little bit faster.
0: You get the idea. You know what he was doing there? He had a little MIDI keyboard and he was playing MIDI notes onto a sequence, uh, well, onto the audio, and those notes were changing in real time. It was pretty wrong. So just to recap, Melodyne version 2 preview this was, okay? Um, Peter Neubacher, who is the kind of main genius boffin, evil genius, one might say, levitated onto the stage and demonstrated this kind (laughs) of fabulous technology, which is Melodyne is amazing in itself in that it gives us... um, Time and pitch and transient, basically you edit audio in real time on a grid, basically. But um, what what he was showing here was the ability to extract note information from polyphonic recordings. So that, for instance, was a stereo guitar track, right? And he pressed a button that said Explode Notes, and you get all the notes showing on the grid. Looks amazing. And then you can edit them all. And that's why. But what he was doing there was taking a MIDI keyboard input and editing them all. So essentially, you know, he he's kind of broken this sort of. It's almost like a space time continuum. I was talking to some people, and it's they were saying, you know, he's he's of the seems to be the kind of guy who uh, he's sort of slightly alternative, and there there's a sort of a, a strata of these kind of guys in Germany who have, have, have rebelled against the system and kind of just like to do things kind of slightly differently. Whereas Peter seems to be actually rebelling against the laws of physics. And um, now na- <laughs> he's actually made it possible to note, individ- to edit notes that are within a mono or stereo recording. And that is really kind of mind-boggling. I'm, I'm hoping that all you guys saw it. Um, Dave, I'll start with you because you are a software developer and you could kind of maybe put it into some perspective. What does it mean? Nothing.
3: It's rubbish. Oh, well, fair enough. Let's move on. <laughs> 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 I, ha- I have to say, um, somebody sent me th- their the link to their web page with the video on, and it and and the note simply said, watch this and then pick your jaw up off the floor. And I thought, oh, you know, everything Salamone do is great, so I'm bound to be impressed. And I kind of had it running, and that bit where he just exploded that uh, single blob, as it were, into chords. The first
0: bit, yeah, which was like a dulcimer I- or a lute
3: or something, wasn't it? I suddenly realized that actually my jaw really had hit the floor. And it was one of those moments where you kind of physically have to kind of lift it up to close it. It was absolutely mind-blowing. And I've sent, it, I've sent this link to everybody I know and every single person. I mean, you know, we deal with some very, very smart coders, and their comments have ranged from um, impossible to that's bloody clever. <laughs>
0: It's quite. I mean, I I I said this in the uh, in, in. I did a little interview with uh, Peter afterwards, and then I I wrote a piece to accompany it. And we tried to get we got that for the first night of the show because we thought it was such massive news, and um, it was one of those things where you you just kind of think how how can somebody how can somebody do this it just doesn't seem at all right you know it's it seems like it's impossible but one thing that i did find very interesting because i thought well this is worth putting on something like dig you know with those new news aggregators and somebody had already put it on dig and it only got two digs and i thought this is really bizarre and it's you know why i think basically that people who aren't involved in the technology of music just assume that we can do this kind of thing already
3: yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you know? no, 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 no. I mean, I was laughing like an excited child the, all the way through the demo.
0: I mean, the possibilities are endless. You know, transcribing to MIDI, for instance. You know, to score, so you could just play something in and have it transcribe. Uh, there's, there's just so many possibilities. So many possibilities. Rich, um, I mean, you know, you probably play with some fairly class people, so it might not be necessary for fixing things. But can you, can you <laughs> see it kind of
1: changing your world? Well, first of all, I don't think, hardly the day goes by that I don't have Melodyne open at some point. Anyway, (laughs) first of all, just for openers. And like Dave, um, my jaw hit the floor when that thing expanded into separate notes and he started moving around and changing the rhythm and the duration and the loudness and the volume of individual notes within an arpeggiated performance. I was in shock. And I immediately, it's the first thing that's come out in software in a long time that immediately made me go, I got to call somebody and tell them about this. This is incredible. And um, I'm still pretty blown away, especially uh, towards the end of the demo, he takes a string quartet. Like in other words, he took, he actually went beyond single polyphonic instrument events and into multiple people playing. He took a Chet Baker trumpet solo and moved it around and over uh, a jazz track and stuff. That was pretty incredible stuff.
0: It was, and, and the, it was uh, yes. Sorry, carry on.
1: And, and the funny thing is, when you meet guys like this, and they kind of explain it to you, and they go, well. I was just thinking, you know, the human body can do this, so why can't I make software do it? <laughs> it's like, okay, cool, go ahead, make it. You develop the analysis to that point and let it happen. You know, it's, one time I met an ice sculptor, and he had the Statue of Liberty about four feet tall in front of him. And we said, well, how do you do that? And he goes, it's easy. I just chip away everything that's not the Statue of Liberty. Oh, it's and it kind of has – the explanations always kind of have that level of – that ring of simplicity. Either Well, I just looked at the way the human brain works, and I mimicked that, you know. Oh, okay, cool.
0: <laughs> it's funny because he's – you know, I talked to him afterwards, and we were saying, well, how does it – you know, what about reverb? What about these kind of things? And he said it doesn't matter. It's oh, really your not question-
1: – your questions were excellent, by the way.
0: Oh, thank you. I, I, was, I wasn't really prepared for it, to be honest, but I thought there he was, and there I was, and there was the camera, you know? <laughs> the only problem is, you know, as he says in the in thing, is when you get a swooping pitch that's kind of mm-hmm. complex.
1: Well, that, that is interesting that it's somewhat dependent on the, the note events themselves being of static pitch. That is an interesting thing with respect to the way his analysis comes about.
0: But presumably there you know because there was there was presume i didn't hear where there was vibrato in the um uh, in the actual um mozart piece but in the chet baker piece well let's just hear it hold on a second i have it queued up
2: that's what it made for like for guitars like for a piano and so on instrument or harp and everything where um single notes sound into each other and you have chords but you could apply it on whole mixes as well like this one for example this is a an old Chad Baker thing from the 50s. And if you are lucky, you'll find notes that you can move as well, but you can try your own material as soon as it is available and just see what it does. I'll just play around with it.
0: I mean that was quite musical so you might not have noticed it but he did change the the line you know there it was and there was yeah. some there's quite a lot of expression in that in that trumpet admittedly there wasn't a great deal of other stuff going on you know the, the rest of the track was quite subdued by comparison to the balance but still
1: the next thing the next thing I want to know is when you mute all of those notes what do you hear that's left
0: yeah that would mm. be interesting i mean there are so many questions to be answered I can't wait to play with this. No, it's going to be pretty rocking, isn't it? And what not- a price. What is it? It's like 700 euros or something for Melodyne, isn't it? I, I
3: think the upgrade price is something like 130 euros. Good Lord. I'm like My God, this is like sort of, you know, military spy technology. <laughs> you know, this, uh, some, as one of our guys said, this, the code base here is worth absolute fortunes. Yeah,
0: yeah to me, I
3: can imagine. PJ, you're a
0: musical
2: guy. What did it do for you? <laughs> Well, having been to Nam, I thought I might have been a, <clears throat> uh, a little new geared out and figured there probably wouldn't be a whole lot that came out of MESA that would be mind-blowing. But uh, yeah. last Wednesday evening, I logged on to Sonic State, and that was the first video I saw, and I broke out into a fit of laughter watching <laughs> that video. My fiancé, who was helping me prepare dinner, started, you know, started laughing just because she was laughing at me laughing. And I, 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 just couldn't stop. And I tried to explain to her. I think, I think, uh, I emailed Dave the next morning to see if he'd seen the video, and he promptly emailed me back. And he said in his, in the body of his email, that uh, to musicians, this is like splitting the atom. And uh, I thought that was an apropos analogy. That's it's, a it's, pretty
0: good. That's a pretty good uh, way of putting it.
2: Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling. I, I, just my my mind reels when I think about the possibilities that we can we could do with, with a technology like this. And I, I totally agree. It's like military spy technology. It's like the best. You know, if you, if you ever work with a program like Photoshop, um, even the best plugins out there are very very dodgy at recognizing objects within the program right um you know actual you know physical objects within a within a photograph and uh, it, to be able to do that sonically i mean the next step is for him to be able to i'm sure he's he's probably about a week away from figuring out how to do this with complex material pulling elements out of a mix and you'd be able to remix a stereo track
0: well there I must mean, be you know, rebalancing you know if you can if yes exactly if you can pull a, a single thing out and just go well that's a bit loud so let's turn down the kind of
2: the note (laughs) i mean or something yeah imagine that for for mastering applications i mean the the next level of this but i I mean this is it's amazing i think it's
0: it's fair to say i mean you know obviously those audio examples must have been well chosen um you can't really hear the degree of quality there i mean it was a crowded room and what have you um and uh, i was looking on various you know because this has been all over the boards and um there was uh, thomas vent who is um the pr guy for melodyne um he was saying, you know, yes, there are artifacts. You know, it's not perfect, um, but it's it's within the the realms of of usefulness. Certainly, you know, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't use it for sort of audiophile classical heads, and you couldn't use it for at the moment you couldn't use it for you know zero artifact kind of processing. But uh, it's it sounded pretty damn good to me when I was there, and they had a big big old pair of I don't know what they were, General or something, and uh, it was quite clear. I mean, the one thing that really struck me is, uh, you know, he's he's going to be a superstar, this guy. I haven't heard that kind of response from any kind of presentation, apart from the last time I watched a Steve Jobs, you know, keynote, which, frankly, mm-hmm. makes me sick, you know. But this guy has actually <laughs> done something kind of worth clapping.
2: And he's so unassuming. I mean, it's 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 marvellous to see somebody it, so humble and unassuming. It was great you know, to see the smile on his heights.
0: face and the kind of chuckle again. And his, I'm not sure if it's his wife or his partner, uh, Hildegard, who is... Um, She's always there as well. And they're a great couple. They're really kind of, I, I, I mean, I, I say freaks in the kind of best sense of the word because they're not, you know, are not suit and tie people. They're kind of just do their own thing, kind of dress their own way. And, and they're really, really nice people. And they, they, they kind of, she just, she was so excited, you know, and, and so pleased because obviously this has been coming for so long. So I'd just like to say, you know, congratulations to both of them. They must be over the moon. I mean, I, can you imagine how many times the phone must have rung?
3: I think what's amazing, nah. what's, what what blows me away about, um, you know, companies like this is, you know, some companies have like one product where they're the kind of show hit, and I remember it really clearly with Melodyne, you know. The, they had a tiny booth at NAMM and people were kind of wandering around going, you know, I mean, obviously we're all jaded cynics and people are going, so what's the hit of the show then? Oh, Melodyne, got to go and see it, got to go and see it. And I went over there, was blown away. And then you start to see the kind of suits do the little walk by, pretending that they're not actually looking. and uh, But they, they're analysing everything as they do the walk by trying to kind of, you know, eventually formulating a plan to go in there and try and do some kind of licensing deal or whatnot. And you could see all these guys sort of wander by. But, I mean, to do that once is brilliant. To do it twice is just remarkable.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And uh, I think there's obviously more to come. I mean, I don't know how, you know, because, you know, one thing he was saying, you know, he's not trained, he's not a trained musician, he's not a trained coder. It's just kind of seems to come you know come to him and he's able to do. apparently this was um, this has been working on us for some time it's only kind of recently but you know when I say sometime it's like a couple of years because this was always the intention apparently with Melodyne to get it to do this and uh, Thomas was saying that they went to the Christmas party and uh, they were all just kind of you know they had this the cake and all that and then uh, then he said oh I'd just like to keep um, show you what I'm working on and he brought his laptop in and plugged it in and uh, and showed the sort of the gang and everybody just kind of couldn't quite believe it because i mean that's the other thing i said to him at the interview is how does this run you know does it need lots of dsp he goes no not really <laughs> it's just <laughs> you just think uh, well how how is that not possible
3: <laughs> yeah just my beautiful man. stuff
2: uh, it's mind blowing yeah it's all it must all be in the analysis when it analyzes the file then it's able to do everything in real time after that yeah and he he, he mentioned to you that he's using some kind of f f t process so that's probably why it can't handle swoops because you'd you know you'd have crossover there if it's if it's analyzing anything that- you know that crosses over another another pitch rapidly sure. you know you you'd get a major artifact but it's it's uh it's staggering that he's able to do that, especially with something like a like a guitar or the string section, where you can actually, in the examples he chose, and like you say, they were
0: overrunning, weren't they? They were, they were on top of each other. They were, they were, reson-
2: they were, and not only that, but you could hear the individual attacks of the notes, even when he moved them in time. That that's what's so amazing is that the transients stayed uh, fairly well represented.
0: Mm. Well, that's. I think it's official. That was the hit of the show. <laughs> so um I'm going to go round the panel now um because um like I say we haven't got anything else prepared at all uh, although I would like to put in I did I did win the pub quiz the other week my local bar hey. again oh. hey. <laughs> very pleased with that big up big up to the Oldfield Park massive um yes anyway but that's really of no interest to anybody apart from myself i'd imagine but uh, i wanted to get it in there really just in case anyone ever comes across this you know in some antique they dig it up you know a thousand years from now and wonder it might give them an insight into local history or something you never know now i'm rambling okay who who has a a, a, another pick from the show um dave you've hopefully seen a few more things what what uh, what was your kind
3: of other Apart from Melodyne, what else did you see that
0: you thought, hmm, that's good?
3: I did quite like the fact that um, um, it's ProSonica bringing back the orange vocoder, well, which well. I thought was uh, a brilliant little piece of kit first time around, so I'm quite pleased about that. Um, but for me, being completely addicted with my nipper to brain training, the Korg DS-10 has to take the crown.
1: Hmm. That was the Korg synth that ran on the Nintendo system, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful, wasn't it? What a kind of that was cool. It's just sort (laughs) of you. It's it's almost mental, isn't it? You just think so for thirty (laughs) bucks. There you go, and it's just. I mean, I'm going to buy a Nintendo DS just for that. I'm afraid, Um, yeah, just because I want. I know I'll probably never, never. Hold on, one second. I've
1: got
3: to get this phone. Hello, this is Peter Neubacher
1: i think you've been talking about to me i have you on separate tracks
0: right just put it under a coat i don't actually know how to turn it off because um it's a skype phone you got a window nearby <laughs> i can't open them. they're all painted shut and we're third floor so it might hurt someone yeah korg ds10 dave i think that's uh was that your choice
3: I think so, yeah. Uh, there's. Yeah, yes. 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 In yes. terms of things being released at the show, yes. I definitely, I'm going to get that, and I'm going to be able to annoy loads and loads of people. And uh, I bought a DS for my nipper at Nam actually, because they were substantially cheaper. So now she's got no chance of playing any of those right, Super so Mario I mean, games.
0: There's some, good, <laughs> there's some good musical stuff on it there, but I think that, yeah, that the, the, there's a little chaos pad built in. Basically, the Korg DS10 is a six-voice you can use four for drums and two for synths. Now I'm not sure how closely modelled it is on the MS10, but I mean, I suppose it must be quite closely modelled. Otherwise, why not? Why not go for the MS20? Really, you'd think. Ah. Is that my phone again? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> and I'm gonna. I'm. They're gonna get through, and it's gonna be like a a fax message or something, isn't it? <sighs> right. Let's try that again.
2: So. Uh, are you participating in another podcast? I don't, no, don't maybe know. Maybe I
0: should. Maybe I should have a couple on the go. I should have a couple on the go. I'm doing a phone-in. I'm doing a phone-in show at the same time. So call DS-10 for Dave. I think that's cool, too. I think it's going to be 30 bucks. They say it's going to be coming in in the summer. They're releasing well, no, they're releasing it in Japan in the summer, which means they're going to get grey imports, obviously. Um, it'd be nice to know exactly how, how modelled it is, or whether it's just a bit of a gimmick. I mean, well, it's a DS-10. It's not going to be a proper MS-10, is it, really, frankly, but Everybody was going, "Yeah, that's really cool." So we it's all want one. We like Let's toys. try it. Let's try the toys. Who else would like to go? PJ, what did you see at the show? I uh I like the Circle Synth. Oh yeah, that was nice.
2: Yeah, I thought that looked uh that looked pretty cool. It Sounded good too from, you know, from what I yeah, can it's, tell. Yeah,
0: it's it's a, it's, a it, it's by a company called Future Audio Workshop and it's a kind of modular synth because all the modules can be moved around and added to and it uses just kind of it's almost like you take a disc and you drop it on something else for sort of modulation stuff and just the the interface was just beautiful absolutely beautiful a really really impressive and you could really see yourself getting into kind of programming and that was one of the things you know his mission statement at the beginning is you know we think software synthesizers are too complicated so we've made something that we think is very very easy to use and will encourage people to explore um and from what I saw, it, it was brilliant. And it's like a collective of coders and designers that are based around sort of Europe. You know, there's um, Gavin Burke, who was the guy I talked to. He's based in Dublin. And then there's some other guys from various other places. And, and they actually met, it seems, sort of physically for the first time at MESA, which is kind of pretty astonishing when you think what they've achieved. Um, Dave, again, I guess I'll come to you because you are a developer. Did you get a chance to see that? Does that have something that's on your radar at all? I did,
3: yeah. friend sent it this morning. I thought it was very impressive, actually. Liked it a lot. I thought it was interesting that he was saying, you know, oh, it, you know that's since uh, too complicated and blah, blah, blah. But actually, that has the potential to be incredibly complex. I would agree,
0: yeah. I mean, you can set some very complex patches up, but it's sort of, it looks easy to do, I suppose, is the, uh, is the, is the kind of thing. <laughs>
2: Uh one thing that I really enjoyed about that synth is that it's uh, graphically uncomplicated, and that that makes it nice for somebody such as myself, who is you know partially sighted, to be able to navigate the user interface. It just it was really an uncomplicated user interface.
0: Yeah, I think every module is kind of is, is clear, but um, yeah, interesting. I mean, nice to see innovation because I mean. In terms of interfacing and what have you, you just don't you don't see it that often because it's it's, it's still a complex. I was talking to the guys from Isotope yesterday, and they were sort of saying, um, basically, you know, when you think how long we've been work software has been around, it's only like twenty thirty years, really. And when you consider how how long we'd we'll be building cars and and things of other greater complication, I mean, we're still very much in infancy into what we can actually achieve um, if we put our design brains to it. And I think those circle guys are. A kind of an example of uh, maybe a step forward or however you want to put it you know uh, making breaking down a few more barriers to make this sort of thing a little easier to use you know with the mouse or with the screen or whatever definitely amen amen so that's uh, future audio workshop.com and it's the circle synth very nice
2: sonic talk sponsored by yamaha music productions Producers of the world's most popular digital mixing consoles, accurate professional studio monitoring systems, incredibly realistic and portable digital stage pianos, the versatile motif range of music production synthesizers, and the latest N series digital mixing studios featuring the
1: cleanest signal path
2: and full Cubase AI4 integration. www.yamahasyn.com Sonic tour. Um, A
0: few more things. I mean, I, I have to mention SM Pro Audio's V-Box. I mean, that, that was the second biggest one of the show for me, um, which is it's basically a, a VST host, a hardware VST host, VSTi host. It's um, in a box about the size of, I don't know, what would it be? A, a large video cassette, a, beta, a Betamax video cassette. And what it has is a gigahertz processor and two gigs of RAM and um it's it's custom basically and it's got uh MIDI in USB USB ports for adding hard drives and what have you for sample based player stuff. And they say what it does is just play VST based PC based VSTIs. And you, mm-hmm. you author them through um USB sticks. You authorize them onto the drives and then you put them into the machine and it, it kind of runs through this through the software that runs on your own machine, which is a virtualization software that runs the the actual plugins Within a virtual machine, either on your Mac or PC, and it doesn't require an Intel Mac to run this. And um, obviously, there are sort of quite a lot of skepticism because it's early days for for the for the model, but that they're they're coming out quite soon. And from what I gather, um, you can you can do some pretty hot multi-timbral action because they're not using any other OS on it. It's just, a, I guess, it's of some sort of virtual machine within a Linux base or something. The gigahertz is adequate for many requirements i don't know what it's like when you start maxing it out but that that's like three 400 euros and that's wow. got a lot of potential dave i'm sure you I, I know i spoke to you about it i mean um that'd be cool to put some of your stuff on to see whether it works because i mean the only thing obviously they're going to be dealing with is is copy protection issues that's what they say anyway i mean the rest of the stuff they just said well we just put this stuff on there and it worked kind of out of the box basically
3: yeah very interested i mean we do uh quite good business with uh, the muse guys and receptor
0: mm.
3: uh, and this struck me as a kind of a portable approach really
0: well the muse receptor i mean, think's you know cuz I, we I noticed some of the comments on the videos like oh muse is dead and it's like well it's not the same thing because muse is a roadworthy bulletproof you know components are modular so you can swap out motherboards and hard drives and ram and all that kind of thing this thing is is not that uh, and, and and it's priced accordingly but the muse stuff is big boys for big for touring stuff, you know it's a pretty um, dedicated hardware system that is actually kind of being adopted by a lot of people where it just has to work, so that's that 's the kind of difference whereas this thing is i don 't know i mean uh, we won 't know and how stable it is or anything, but it could be pretty cool, but say you know beat taking your laptop wouldn't it mm-hmm. uh, yeah 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 it won't this <laughs> so one won't this one won 't process real time audio input but the the other one, which was the i forget what it was called I, I the shouldn't. pedal the pedal was. Yeah. Uh, will has an input and will allow you i mean they were using it to demonstrate um, amplitude and mm-hmm. that was kind of working pretty good and I, while i was there there was a guy from paul reed smith guitars i think that's what he was he was kind of going yeah i didn't see you change patches i didn't see you turning the knobs is this not really working And the, and danny olesh who is the the main guy was kind of like i you know i was waiting to do my video and he rather than get on with what i needed to do he he sort of took this guy in and said no look this i need to show you and he showed him to him and then by the end of it the guy was going actually yeah no i can see it's working and you know he was pretty impressed with the latency and what have you so you know he he i guess this guy would be some he was obviously a bit of a tie kicker and wanted to kind of put put it to the test and he seemed pleased with it i'm not a guitarist so i can't really comment but that looked pretty impressive and you could use that to process a guitar on one side and a vocal on another side or real time stuff you know like effects racks or whatever that could be pretty cool
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's going to be about twelve hundred euros. So I guess what's that? About fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. I'm not sure. The euro is very strong at the moment, so I don't quite know what it's going to translate to. And there was also Vaporware, which was just a picture of a, an eight in eight out rack unit, which was which has a three hundred gig hard drive and was much more of a sort of the more in the Muse Receptor sort of world, I suppose. But that's a big. I mean, a four hundred buck, which would be what five hundred dollars, a five hundred dollar VST player.
1: Mm-hmm. It looked re- it looked cool to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me wish for a few more controls and a slightly better looking graphic interface. As I was looking at it in the in the video, yeah, and I
0: guess. But I, I, think- I could
1: you show me something, uh, you know, in terms of control. And that and that text driven interface was remarkably uh esque on some level. It was kind okay. of ugly and <laughs> not not to my liking. Right. But but I could see it. You know what? If it were like a budget alternative a muse receptor it made sense to me but at 12 to 1500 bucks for that thing it just struck me as you know what once i'm spending 1500 bucks for something with that little tiny hole in the construction site fence for me to look through i just as soon get myself a muse receptor it is a cool device and everything and i like the smallness of it but um i wanted more control and a better looking graphical face
0: the little bo- the little box is 500 bucks we're talking
1: Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, not, misund- I oh, misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: The little one, which is just the VSTi player,
1: is 500, you know, it's 400 euros. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that that's well, still, a, that's like, you know, that's a bunch of bu- hundreds of bucks. But I hear you, and it's cool. It's nice. It, it was interesting to me as I looked at the show overall to see how much hardware there was going on. And quite, sure. quite often, hardware that's hosting software, but but even still, there's just a lot of hardware stuff. At least that's what I saw in the coverage, and it really interested me. You know, cards and interfaces, and just a lot of physical stuff being sold.
0: It's easier to protect hardware, I suppose, and people are just kind of getting that way. I mean, I don't know.
1: Well, I think I think that quite often at the last. Bunch of is There's been a lot of software-driven uh, sales being pushed, and they, there's still plenty of hardware. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. but uh, this seemed to be very hardware-centric in terms of the, uh, the you know looking through the filter of the coverage you did, which was excellent. I saw a lot of interesting hardware devices, and when I'm looking at that, I'm always wondering if this is sort of the future doorstops uh, of the world convention. You're never quite sure which one of these things is going to actually catch on, and which one's just going to disappear into a you know. Pile of five prototypes, uh, and along that line, one of the things that really interested me in the video was the new Presonus console. Oh that, yeah, that, that two thousand dollar console. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in that console. It could be viewed as a lower cost alternative to live sound mixing for band, bands on a budget who want re- you know predictable and repeatable uh, live. It just looked like a really interesting product to me. Will it catch on? I can't say, but it looked like really well, cool. Well, they've
0: been working on that for three years. This is the Studio Live console. It's a 16-channel FireWire, um, DICE2-based chip. I mean, that's that's those are the chips that they're using, which have a little bit of DSP on them. But this has got a whole bunch of extra stuff with kind of channel EQ, compressor, noise gate, and a limiter um, effects on board. If you remember the um, there was an M Audio um, FireWire 10, which had a 10-channel FireWire interface that allowed you to monitor. The firewire return or a physical input to the desk. It's kind of like that. Or you could think of it as it's somewhere heading up towards the kind of digi design, um, D show <laughs> sort of world where you can basically take discrete recordings of every single channel into your into your, um, door and then play them back via the same channels and carry on sound checking that kind of thing. So, you know, as, um, Rick Nutfee was telling us, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on here that you are getting that if you just went to buy some A to Ds, 16 channels of A to Ds, you wouldn't be far off what you'd be paying for this whole desk. Um, Right. The faders don't move.
1: Um, right, but they had a nice little scheme for dealing with that in terms yeah. of uh, an LED readout that shows you the existing level and everything. It's really going to come down to how it feels operationally because it does offer a nice feature set. There oh, are yeah. other competing pro- uh, Korg has a competing product that I don't know how many faders and tracks, but it you know records live and simultaneously with providing you know a very digital console kind of environment there there's a there are other products like that, but I was very interested in that pre-sonus thing, yeah
0: I mean if they could get it up to thirty two or you know channels then they'd start you could see them you could see maybe sort of small touring acts kind of thinking hmm, this could be useful as a front uh-huh. of house you know I mean if you could talk front of house guys into using it, I don't know how the rugged are, you know how rugged it is or anything, but there's some very good stuff in there and and that price point is amazing I mean it really is incredible by the same token um there was also the sSL matrix. Did you see that? Yes. That's their new console, which is an analog console with uh, moving fader automation and total recall and integration into a sort of door environment. And it's quite clever the way that it works. It does, you can you can recall patches. So if you have a bunch of stuff on your patch bay and things are all hooked up and labeled, you can say, right, I want to, you can actually virtually patch things within the desk itself. So you could set up a really nice record path, which might be your MyCamp through to your, uh, a compressor of your choice, and then an EQ of your choice. And you can set these things up and chain them on d- on the channels at six. So and that was kind of cool. There's some very interesting thinking going in on that one. And it's, you know, for an SSL product, it's it's a quite a big control surface. It also does five layers of door control, which is pretty nice. Um, moving faders, hmm. £12,500, which is, it sounds like it is a lot of money, you know, but it's not a lot of money for a console with that sort of pedigree.
2: Right. Except, though, Nick, does, does that console have any dynamics or equalization built into the console at all?
0: There are. Oh, no, 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 no. There is. There is. Um, I think there is EQ, definitely. There is? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there, okay. there are preamps, but they're line amps. They're not mic
2: amps. They're just line amps. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah,
0: that's right. I mean, the idea is, you know, if you've got to buy one of these, you've probably got your favorite, you know, record path ready. You know, R-
2: right. But for 25000 000- for $25,000, you're getting, you're buying a, essentially a very expensive control surface, yeah?
0: No, because it has audio integrated into it. I mean, it's, it's I still suppose. an audio mixer. It's not just a control surface. It's both.
1: Another product they had that was interesting, and maybe they've, I, I, to me this is new, but they're in the card business now. Interface yeah. cards. Uh, sure. They've got the Duende on a PCIe card now. Yeah. Um, they're really embracing uh, the workstation thing and kind of, Moving into TC slash United Universal Audio areas in some of that stuff and uh, saying, Hey, you want to run an SSL emulation plugin? Run ours. We've got them. Yeah. It, and it's, uh, I thought that was an interesting business. Well, yeah, the Duende on
0: the card. And um, they've also got these um, 128 <clears throat> IO MADI interfaces, which are pretty, I imagine, mm-hmm. pretty useful if you want to run that many IOs. That's a hell of a lot. Um, Maddie seems to, you know, RME did a Maddie interface as well. I mean, I've not really used Maddie.
1: I used to use Maddie in the days when we used to go between digital tape and, and workstation a lot, where we were actually archiving everything in real time to digital tape. And then, and, and so in the interfacing between the various machines, I used to have one of those, uh, Otari universal format converters. And, uh, I had cards, you know, in my various, uh, Apogee interfaces for various things. And I was, I had, and the Sony multitrack, I had used Maddie. But not in a long time No, it me. seems
0: to be they kind of... Because it's, <clears throat> it, it's being used a lot live, isn't it? For kind of if you've got a monitor board. Because a lot of monitor boards are kind of digital consoles now and a lot of front of house. So I guess you move a lot of channels around right. sort of between splitter boxes and converters and stuff. So, yeah, I guess it makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. The other thing of note, um, Focusrite uh, released a 16-channel liquid mix for 499 bucks, which doesn't have the display, but it'll allow you uh, 16 channels. That was kind of cool. They made a big hoo-ha about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the we saw we did take a look at the Prism Sound uh, Orpheus Firewire um, converter. That looked pretty tasty. Still that great. Still kind of meaty in terms of cost, but I guess a couple of thousand bucks cheaper than the than their kind of big eight channel ones.
1: And still not inconsistent. I don't think with the Apogee product line with which they appear to be competing. I didn't see Apogee there. Actually, I don't know if they were there. But they just kind of represent to me the high end of the native interfaces, FireWire interfaces. And uh, Prism has obviously got a great you know, uh, reputation for interfacing. And so oh, it's sure. nice to see them aggressively. Because when, when companies of that high quality compete, it gets better for all of us, like real soon. You know, that yes. stuff. It'll I think come down in price. It'll true. get better. More channels, less latencies, you know.
0: There was a rumor going around at the show that um, Apple had bought Apogee. Is there any truth in that? Anyone know anything more about that one? I hadn't heard. Oh, I heard. I hadn't heard that. No, it's probably not true, and I'll probably have to edit it. Otherwise, I can't, I don't want to mess with either of their sets of lawyers. But that's for you sure. You said it was a rumor.
1: <laughs> that's a you rumor. said it was a rumor. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks, Rich. I appreciate the support.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i want to make this very clear that that was nothing but a rumor
2: yeah that was a this rumor. This show is nothing but conjecture and innuendo
0: ah but i'll tell you what it wasn't i was very fortunate to get to sit down and talk with marcus ryle from line six and he showed me the tone core development kit the sdk uh-huh. and that was really cool basically the tone core pedals are um kind of manufactured in a way that enables you to sort of change out the functions of them you know you get the little controller you know the knobs and the the light and the um, the little micro switches or whatever they that is a plastic unit that houses all the DSP code the actual base unit of the pedal houses the converters the you know the power um and etc and what they're doing is they're releasing an SDK kit uh, which is $200 which seems very cheap to me and you get uh, this custom pedal which has got a USB port in it it houses all the you know the 100dB um um A to D and D to A's and what have you, the what you need, and you buy these little, uh, these little uh, capsules that you slot in. Then you you connect it via USB to your. um, He was showing it on a PC. I don't know if it does on a Mac or whatever. But um, the software was done by Freescale, who are the guys that make the DSPs inside these things, and they allow you to basically write your own DSP code and download it onto this thing. And kind of the idea being that you can kind of get all these kids. Or, or not kids, or people to download their, maybe their TDM code or their, um, their, their kind of funky boutique code and just kind of start making their own stuff. And I thought that was actually a very cool product. And I don't know if anyone else saw that. And um, I wondered whether we we're going to start seeing people making their own things because they you know in their ideal world the sales pitch was you know you can buy these little faceplates yourself they're they're relatively inexpensive and then you can sell them on ebay you know create your own little business and if it's something really cool that you know you want to help with line six would be into kind of helping with distribution maybe manufacturing stuff that was that didn't have all the knobs on if you didn't need them etc cetera, etc cetera. and i just thought it was a brilliant and innovative sort of idea
1: As much as I'm always happy to see anything that looks like an open-source product that allows access to this kind of thing at the user end, uh, the culture of guitarists I know and have grown up with hardly want to turn the knob on a Roland virtual, you know, VG-888, whatever the current flavor of the month, you know, COSM device they're selling and everything. These tend to be plug-into-a-distortion pedal, plug-into-an-amp-and-go kind of folks in my experience. Now... I guess it's, generally speaking, best not to generalize, but I just don't know if there is... This has got to be a tough moment on the sales floor, from my perspective, at retail, where I'm trying to sell the guy on the fact that you can put your own faceplate on this pedal and right next to it is a boss pedal that does exactly what he walked in the door saying he wanted to do.
0: Sure. I don't think the idea is to sell it to the general public. It's to sell it to kids and people who are just interested in getting into making their own effects.
1: Well, like I said, I'm all I'm all romantic about the open source nature of it, but I wonder <laughs> if this isn't one of those leading doorstops that I was talking about before.
0: It's a hundred MIPS and processor. So if there's enough juice in there to run code from existing plugins, then there's no reason why that couldn't happen as well. And then you've got the security of an actual hardware unit that that you can sell, you know, however you wish. And I'm sure that's got to be good, right, Dave? Yes. <laughs> okay <laughs> pj <laughs> but uh, i was I, I suppose the other thing that you could do you know you could kind of break stuff i mean i quite like the idea of all this dsp code floating around and someone coming up with this sort of really funky and unusual things and kind of so a and R line six almost become a and r for uh, the next new wizard effect
2: yeah it could be fun I, i'd like to try my hand at that type of thing i mean I, i've uh you know i've gotten into doing a little synth maker programming and that type of thing so i think it and a uh, little max msp so i think it would be fun to to try that when when uh, somebody figures out when somebody releases at the next show summer nam aes please the device that adds 23 hours to the day i did try and talk to some developers about that but they were too <laughs> busy maybe that's what native <laughs> instruments was off doing maybe I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Um,
0: any other, any other things that we should worth mentioning? There was, uh, for for the DJs, there was this thing called EKS Otis, um, DJ controller, which was really wild. It was a beautiful thing. It was a Finnish company and it had all this brilliant controllers. It looked a bit like a kind of, um, a record deck effectively, but it was, it was just very funky and had sort of knobs in places that you weren't sure that were controllers and it was just a really nice piece of design and it looked very nice i think it was a couple of hundred euros or or more i forget now but that looked like kind of funky thing um the belkin podcast studio we finally got someone to show us one of those that was pretty funky um it did look a little bit large um considering you can buy a mini recorder such as say the the edirol um r09 hr which is like a sort of high-res version of their r09 So I'm not sure, but it kind of looked funky. I like the look of that. And a good use to use, you know, you can use your um, iPod for something else other than playback, I suppose. Um, I haven't got anything else in my list. So has anyone else got any?
1: (laughs) Well, it was just one thing I wanted to say about that VST host thing that I thought I understood, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. Didn't he say that you can stick memory sticks in the thing to expand the usable RAM?
0: Yes. I think so. If you've got a VST kind of sample-based thing that has, you know, a couple of gigs of stuff, you can whack a, uh, a USB drive on it to store the samples.
1: And stream the samples in, say, Contact 3 or something I like that. I guess so,
0: yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'd have to, you know, they'd have to get across some copy protection issues and
1: what have you. But yes, I but, believe that's the but idea. not, But not as static resident RAM into st- which you load things. No, the static resident RAM is 2 gigabytes. And that's what it, okay, then I did misunderstand. Thank you for clearing that up.
0: But you can, you have a lot more of that available, I guess, because the actual footprint of the OS is going to be teeny compared to, you know, OS or, ten right. or
2: XP.
1: Especially, especially given those stunning graphics that they're presenting. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I have a quick question regarding SSL does does anybody have any theories as to why they licensed um their name to waves plugin algorithms and then shortly on the heels of the release of those algorithms they released their own hardware box with dsp algorithms in them free marketing
1: yeah what do they lose
2: by doing that a friend in waves perhaps yeah well i own the waves i own the waves ssl collection and it's a Uh, they're great plugins i I I like them a lot yeah they were impressive uh, when we saw them i mean i'm no kind of expert on ssl stuff but when i heard it i thought that does sound incredibly familiar Um, yeah but had but had i known that the duende was going to come out a a few months later i probably would have held off
1: yeah (laughs) that's an appealing product to me i think about whether i want to donate one of my slots rather than rather than to another pro tools xl card to one of those and run that with him i mean that that could be very cool sounding
0: mess is done i'm sure the repercussions will go on because that you know like i say it was actually quite uh an abundant show in terms of new equipment i mean usually nam is the place where it all happens and you just get a couple of iterations and maybe a couple of late comers but i think people held off for mess at this time and i'm glad they did because obviously it made our trip worthwhile and um I think we're I think we're up to 50 odd videos now, which ain't bad. I mean we didn't work our nuts off as much as we can do, but I was a, we were able to have a little bit of meaningful conversations with some of the people that we saw there as well, which is always nice. okay, so well that's it. um I think we've covered at least i mean it feels like I've just scratched the surface with with the messer stuff but there is more. I'm sure it'll come up um, so thank you very much for my uh, guests to help me discuss those um First of all, there's Mr. P. J. Tracy from Minneapolis.
2: Uh, Thank you, Nick. And it's a pleasure to be back with you, gentlemen. Always
0: good to talk to you. And um, I'll insert the snappy URL next week. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, so am I. Uh, Mr. Rich Hilton from Connecticut, um, thank you for joining us. And I'm glad you managed to have some kind of vicarious mess
1: experience through us. I very much enjoyed your coverage of the mess. And I very much enjoyed, once again, podcasting with you fellows. And talking to everybody.
0: Cool. That's myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius URL in the show notes. It's kind of got an unusual spelling, which has caught me out before. Uh, yeah. I yeah, don't have yeah, it in it's... front of me, so I'm not going to spell it out, but I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, uh, and Mr. Dave Spears from who who is not recovering from MESA, unfortunately for him. G4 Software Plugins, Mr. Dave Spears, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good to be back. And I hope you're um, having a lot of fun with your new Mac 8 cores
3: no i'm not oh, oh. <laughs> Dave. it'll well, it'll be great when we're there when we're finally done and everything's sorted it'll be fantastic, so tell me how, sure. just let's just have this
0: as a little addendum what is your what is your um your installation process what how do what do you have to do when you're moving everything across where's it coming from is it coming from an old um g5 tower or what's the what's yes.
3: the deal yes it is but i'm i'm doing kind of vanilla installs on Pretty much everything. So, the first thing I did was take the thing out of the box, plug it in, got two nice new um, Natty monitors, um, incredible price, and um, then started installing Logic. And I've never installed those kind of jam packed things that came with it. So, I thought, because I've never had enough hard drive space, I've got four bloody great hard drives in this new one. So, I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll bung that all on there. So, I start installing it, and it comes up and says 19 hours and 34 minutes left.
0: <laughs> oh, <a> no. <laughs> hey,
3: excellent Assuming and you can be bothered <laughs> to stay
0: up And feed DVDs into it throughout the night That is Without, <laughs> well, the, it, without staying up It's actually more it, like 48
3: hours yeah. It doesn't
0: actually take
3: that long <laughs> No it doesn't And I know exactly what's going to happen I'm going to install it I'm going to try them out And then I'm going to go Ah the hard drive space more valuable So I'm going to delete them I know it I just know it it's So pretty, yes There's a lot of stuff it it did take about 4 hours isn't so right. Right, that's step 1 that's part of, part of the course though isn't it it's aperture microsoft office and every other plugin so i'm just i'm going to i'm going to try and get the spectrosonics wrappers and all that stuff started this afternoon uh-huh so I may be sometime.
0: God. well. <laughs> oh, I, good luck, Dave. I, I don't envy you that task, <laughs> but I do envy you the end result with the uh, the giant machine. Although, to be honest, if I had one of those, I'd probably stick Windows on it and use it as a video processor. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> um, or, and, but sp- the thing is, I suppose I could have both because I could just use one half of the machine as a Windows box and one half of it as a Mac box. And I'd still have
3: mm-hmm. maybe four cores each. That would be pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah definitely gonna do that mm. I, I did speak to somebody else this morning saying how long did it take you and this is a kind of fully paid up working muso um, producer and he said uh, i've been on it a month and i've still got stuff to do oh Ouch. you see that's why i don't
0: run any plugins basically apart from yours dave because i know i can move them across pretty easily and i just i just kind of run what comes in the machine but then again i'm not working so maybe there's a uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's where you, uh, where you get the payoff. Um, well, I tell you what, it reinforces this eye
3: lock situation for us.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. If you just got an eye lock thing,
3: I've got yeah, codes man. all over the place. I'm like, whoa. Anyway, yeah.
0: yeah. There, there is an advantage there, isn't there? Before we go, I would just like to have one quick mention for Andrea Schneider of Schneider's Buero, who uh, usually runs the Super Booth on uh, the uh, at the Mesa. This year, we bumped into him. There is a video of him, and he's uh, selling a book. Um, which is he's written down the Superbooth effectively, and he's talking about it's a book about you know the beginnings of um, his his um, synthesizer business from the GDR w- back to when the wall came down, and then you know acquiring all these kind of these different brands and a little bit about all the different kind of manufacturers, and it's a, it's only seven euros, so if you can afford it and it doesn't cost you hundreds of dollars to ship to the US support him he's a great guy and uh, we hope to see him back f- f- at Superbooth next year at mesa but uh, it was really nice to bump into him so a big hi to andreas cool OK, so thank you very much. Um, that's the end of the show. Sonic Talk number 79, uh, post MESA 2008. Um, remember, do call us if you've got anything you'd like to add or want to chat to us. Please contact us via Skype. We've got Sonic Talk is our handle. You can leave a message there. You can email us MP3s of any comments you want to leave. Just email us any kind of um, words you want us to uh, to read at SonicTalk at SonicState.com. You can call us. We've got a Skype in number, um, which means you can call a regular landline and leave a message, which is in the US. It's... 312-376-8089 anyway thank you very much for listening that's all for now